Welcome to Healthy Churches ABNWT, a resource created by and for PAOC Alberta and Northwest Territories pastors and ministry leaders. The focus is on leadership development and congregational health. The goal is to help you reach more people. Visit abnwt.com for more information. Welcome to the ABNWT podcast, where we talk to our ABNWT leaders about church, leadership, and life here in the ABNWT region. Please check out the other episodes in this podcast, and if you have any ideas about topics or who we should talk to in our region, email coach at abnwt.com. With me today is Connie Jacob. Connie is a Mission Canada worker serving as an urban missionary in Calgary. Connie leads a ministry called Cypher Church, which reaches out into the arts community in Calgary. She's also a public speaker, a dance instructor, an author. So welcome, Connie. Thank you for having me. So you recently wrote a book called When the Dead Live. Uh, So tell us just a little bit about that book and what you're trying to communicate through that. So I wrote the book because of the people that I'm reaching, the artists, the liberal, the on the margins, people on the margins, realizing that the four spiritual laws, they've heard it, they've probably tasted it somewhere in their life, or they haven't, and it doesn't make any sense to them. And so what I've done is I've explained the gospel in a very storytelling way, uh, explaining what Isaiah 61 says about... um, just the fact that Jesus didn't just come to you know, tell us that we're sinners, even though that's a part of it. They, that he came to actually bind up the brokenhearted, set captives free, release prisoners, rebuild us, rename us. Uh, a whole gospel, right, I would yeah. say, where you know, he's restoring things back, back to its intention. Uh, everything, justice, creation, everything. And so I wrote it for them. So I tell a lot of my own personal stories, and it's just a way to bring the realness of who Jesus is, and why Jesus, and what did he actually do, and to to make it real to non-believers, and people specifically, not just non-believers, but people on the fringes of society. Yeah. What kind of response have you had from people who don't believe in God, who've read your book? Uh, What have they said? So it's interesting. That was, the, that was the litmus test when I gave it to them to read. Because I thought, if they don't like this, well, then I have failed. <laughs> but um, they loved it. They were like, wow, is this really who Jesus is? Is this really what he came to do? One of them called it a shame-busting book. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, the Jesus that I present is the one who chases after us not the one who um, always is looking down on us, the Jesus who pursues us. Yeah. Um, instead of us seeking God, he's always looking for us in the margins. We're the lost coin. We're the lost sheep. He is constantly trying to find us where we are in our corner and offering us a complete resurrection. He is the first one that was resurrected, but we too, the old is gone, the new has come, the, the fact that we can be a new creation. That, that is what I'm presenting in the book. This idea that when the dead live, what's dead inside of me comes alive again, comes back to the intended image-bearing person that I was created to be. How is that different than some of the typical ways that maybe Jesus has been presented in the past? Well, I tell a few stories about that in the book, just because some people who might be reading it have come from the same era as myself. 
and you know just the way that Jesus was presented as as um, the appeaser of a really angry God. Um, that you know you are a sinner and you accept Jesus, He forgives your sin, and now you know you're free to go to heaven when you die. And and then that was it. That was kind of it. Yeah. And I feel like that is definitely a part of it. It is a part of the story, but it's not the full story. And the people who I'm reaching are looking for the full story, the restoration of 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 who I am. What's what's the big picture story here? The idea that God rebuilds what has been ruined, that, yeah. that he's the heroine of the story, that he is the one who will make all things right in the end. But in Christ, it's finished. It is finished. Yeah, That's kind of where I'm going. And it sounds like you start from a place of value the, yes. for the unbeliever, you know, for the person who's far from God, rather than, you know, uh-oh, you've done something wrong. If you want, you got to come this way. But you, you don't start there. You start from, no, you're valuable. Yeah. God, Jesus seeks after you, right? Is that yes? And I actually tell my personal story about my family and how um, when my oldest son was dealing with a lot of uh, mental health issues and ended up in the hospital, how the psychologist has asked me, "What do you do when your son is is throwing fits of rage?" And I said, "Well, I send him away. I send him to his room." And she said, "No, you you bring people closer when they're hurting." God really spoke to me about, that's the gospel, Connie. The gospel is that I don't send people away when they're broken. I actually bring them close and I restore wow. their lives. Yeah. And that, I, just going through that personally really, really spoke to me. So what is communicating the gospel to the unchurched, people who are far from God, look like in 2018? <laughs> Well, it doesn't look like a soapbox, at least to who I'm reaching. Okay. Um, reaching people on the margins where I am, it, it really looks like valuing them, seeing them, acknowledging them. I can't come from a truth standpoint. I have to come from a, you belong here with me. You belo- The welcome mat will never run out. Wow. And when they know that, their body relaxes. For example, we had a transgender come to our church last night. And the first thing he asked me was, do you think I'm an abomination to God? And I could tell his body was very tense. And when I said, I believe in a God who pursues you, who has never, never let you go, that he will not stop chasing you until you experience the trueness of his love. I could just see his body relax and he didn't leave transformed. He, you know, he still left a transgender, but he experienced the love of God. And he heard, he heard the message and he heard the message. Wow. So, um, we at Cypher church, we believe that we're living in a post Christian world. Not that that's what we desire. Society itself is, is, is moving beyond what we grew up with. Yeah. Back in the day, people would go to church or they would go to youth group or they would send their children to church, but we don't live in that day as much any longer. And so just knowing that I think really helps so that we're not shocked um, when we realize that, what, that, that it's actually a real step of, of, um, out of people's comfort zones to go to a church. Yeah. That is a big step. Yeah. Big step. And... Um, I know one thing for me, because I'm working with what I call the prodigal's children. 
So I sometimes will say, back when we were having these awesome revival meetings in the 90s, there, there was the prodigal in the mud, and we were just praying them in. And, and I wish that we would have just left the revival meeting and went to them. Yeah. And now those prodigals have had children, and that's who I'm reaching. I'm reaching the children that were born in the mud. They weren't born in the pews. They are people who literally have no concept of, of the love of Christ at all, or even yeah. the gospel at all. And so there they are, they're out there. And so I do a lot of theater work. And so what I do is I bring a group of people with me for a year and we dive into a kingdom idea um, or a societal issue. Like last year we did addiction. But instead of tackling addiction, I talk to them about where do you find your belovedness? Because understanding that most people who end up in addiction, have they're not there just because they thought it was a great idea. Right, yeah. And so it's been wonderful to journey with these people in theater work where they find their it's natural for them. They love the theater. They love acting. They love rapping. They love creating. And so discipling them in that process leaves them very open uh, to dive into that without any threat. Yeah. And I can be very bold about my faith in those times. And I journey with them in a very deep level. What presuppositions do you find people who are far from God have towards Christianity, Jesus, church? They really do think he's angry. They really think that he is, um, they believe in all karma. They believe that God is a God of karma. If I do wrong, God must be punishing me. If something bad happens, oh, what did I do to deserve this? They really do think like that. Or they, they even think in the idea of penance. Like, if I'm a good person, then the universe or God will reward me. That is what they think. So uh. when you put Jesus even in front of them, they already have this idea. They combine it all. They think, Jesus doesn't like me unless I am this. The idea that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, they have no concept of that. So what is it that they come with? Shame and fear. Um, shame, like I'm, I'm, that whole idea of I am not enough, we hear this all the time in society, Brene Brown with her vulnerability, but that's what they're coming with to the, to the church, to, to God. They think somehow I'm not enough. And when you see them per striving with... Um, they go to their yoga classes. They meditate. They're, they're doing the same thing that we do as Christians to try to earn something, earn that nirvana, earn that favor of God, earn, earn salvation. They're no different. Huh. And so they come to Jesus with that same idea, if only I was good enough. How do you break that down? Through belonging. I believe that belonging is such a, a powerful kingdom principle. God's government is family. And when people feel like they're welcome, they just relax. Their body relaxes. Their mind is open. Um, Instead of fighting against me, especially with the LGBTQ, a lot of their argument and their pushing for their agenda isn't because they're, they're like that. It's because they're trying to be seen. They're trying to be heard. And when you just hear them, it just, oh... Now their defenses are down and they just know that, that they're welcome. And I think about the table of, of that, that Jesus was drawing people to, that I will go to the byways and the highways and I will open my table 
and that the table is open for all when they know that they're invited and that they're welcome there and that they have a seat of honor it transforms them it breaks their defenses and their walls down so for pastors and church leaders listening to this uh, what do you think they need to know about reaching the unchurched in Canada? I I really think we need to get out of our buildings. I, I know for myself, even though I, I'm doing this, it's taken me a very long time to be out of the out of the building and really listening to people and being among them because we get caught up in what I call an echo chamber where if I'm always in the church building, then I'm constantly hearing my own opinion being repeated back to me. We all listen to the same worship songs. We all read the same books. We all, you know, and our voices, we're just confirmed all the time. We're right. Aren't we awesome? And, And I do believe that Jesus is the way, of course. I'm not saying that. But it's nice to get outside and hear other opinions and hear what, what, people are feeling and thinking and and really get to know them before we can really know how Holy Spirit is reaching them because then we can see what God is doing already yeah. in their lives. Yeah. But I believe that we really need to get out of the building and maybe that means joining a hockey team. Uh, maybe that means um, selling selling uh, skincare products. Yeah. Maybe that means, um, for me, dance. That got me out of the building. Dance yeah. was just a vehicle. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're in these people's lives and we're hearing their stories and we're not, we need to come to their stories not with fear or not even with the idea of that they're a project or that I'm trying to convert you, but to actually put the great commandment before the great commission to put them both together. Yeah, wow. Well. I am going to love my God so much that I'm going to love you. Therefore, I will reach you. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's that's what we need to do. We need to get out and we need to listen and be among. I love it. Um, so what's the best place to start? Definitely getting out of the building, listening, and then willing to walk with people for a long haul. I believe that's really important. Some people will just the touch point, just touch points. But there's some people who God will say, that person that though that hockey team that you're with that those three guys god will god will highlight people because obviously we can't be everyone we can't be in everyone's life but i feel like walking with a, a few is so important and to really walk with them that's what jesus did you know he had touch points with with many but he walked with some and those those men were changed because he walked with them How can a pastor think like a missionary? Well, I think we need to come to our culture like we would if we were stepping off a plane in a foreign land. We need to see Canada with a whole new lens. We need to see our cities and our towns like a missionary. How would I be, if I was going to get on a plane tomorrow and go to a foreign land, I would have a whole different perspective. My eyes would be open in a different way. My ears would be open in a different way. What am I hearing? What am I seeing? I just think that we, we so easily can do that. Being a missionary in a foreign land, we can yeah. go on short-term missions. Let's, let's pretend we just stepped off a plane. What do we see? What are we hearing? What's the need? 
what's what's going on in our communities. I think we would be surprised what we see. That's awesome. And then what what do we do with that? And what do we do with that? That I I have no doubt that every person has been given something in their hands to to be able to give to others. God has equipped us. We are fully equipped for this work. All we need to do is see and hear. Thank you so much. We're going to go to the lightning round where we ask everyone the same three questions. So, Connie, what book are you currently reading? I'm actually reading a book by a local author called Becoming Love by Michael Rose. He's from Tabor, Alberta. Uh, He's a pastor there, and he has lived in Tabor for, I believe, 20 years. He has walked with that community for a long time. What's the book about? The book is, is everything I've just mentioned about loving people. It's his journey of walking people through thick and thin, through the school shooting that they had many, many years ago. He has just been with these people through the, through endless waters. What app or piece of technology are you using right now that you're loving? Well, I really love my paper and pen because I'm old school. <laughs> <laughs> so many but, people answer that question that way. Really? That's so funny. <laughs> But I love iMovie. iMovie is wonderful because you can take little clips and you can put them all together on your phone. Yeah. And boom, there it is. Like promotional videos, just little things to just highlight what you're doing. You use that a lot to share the story of what's happening at Cypher Church and around. Yes. Very cool. And uh, what ministry or church or conference uh, are you following to get, get some of your inspiration and ideas? Well, this is where it's hard because I feel like I'm, I, I can't find that in those places. I have found our inspiration from the very people I'm reaching, watching the, the cipher, the circle, what they were already doing in hip hop and learning what would it look like if church was like that? Um, the closest I can think of is more than 12 in Vancouver. They're a hip hop church. They're awesome. But it is hard for me to find um, what I'm doing. So you just learning and trying stuff as you go. Trying and failing and trying and succeeding and <laughs> trying. Well, thanks so much uh, for being with us, Connie. And thank you for joining us today. Again, you can visit abnwt.com to listen to more of these podcasts and share them with your team. And also you can find some great resources for growing a healthy church. Until next time, thanks for joining us.